a nine-year-old girl taken and killed, her murder still unsolved 27 years later. But her legacy lives on, helping other children be found in their times of need. This is Texas Crime Stories, The Amber Alert. It was a not-so-cold January day in Arlington, Texas, when nine-year-old Amber Hagerman and her little brother Ricky went for a bike ride around their family's neighborhood. The year was 1996, and the kids played outside without a care in the world. Here's Amber's mom, Donna Williams. She loved school. She loved riding her bicycle. She loved being a little mommy to her little brother, Ricky. Amber and Ricky were just supposed to go around the block like they always did, but Amber wanted to go just a little further. There was a bike ramp she wanted to play on. Ricky went back. It only took eight minutes for Amber to disappear. A neighbor saw a black pickup truck pull up beside her, and Amber screamed as she was forced inside. Sergeant Ben Lopez with Arlington PD was working that day. I responded to the area and began looking for the suspect vehicle, began looking for Amber, and began, of course, looking for the suspect. Amber's mom, Donna, waited nervously for her little girl to be found. Four days later, she was. Amber's body was left in a creek a few miles from her home with her throat slashed. Her body was naked except for one sock. So what was a kidnapping investigation then became a murder investigation. Because of the overwhelming number of leads that we were receiving at that time, the department formed a task force to investigate her murder. I was one of the original members of that task force. A group of 12 detectives and one sergeant made up the task force. They worked with the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office and the FBI to investigate and clear over 5,500 leads. Unfortunately, that's where Amber's case stands, but not where her legacy ends. KSAT viewers, I'm Stefania Jimenez, anchor and reporter at KSAT 12 in San Antonio. On weeknights, you'll catch me on the Night Beat. Many of you want the news before 10 p.m., and this is for you. It's called The Nine at Night, a live nine-minute digital newscast airing at, you guessed it, 9 p.m. Call it a bite-sized show that's tailor-made for you. You'll get the day's top stories, weather, upcoming community events, and feel-good stories. Find us on YouTube, KSAT.com, and KSAT Plus, available on Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, or any way you stream. And of course, via podcast. So like or subscribe wherever you get your audio. That way you'll get the alert when each episode drops. That starts later this month. Until then, head on over to KSAT.com and sign up to be a KSAT Insider. That's where you'll get the inside scoops on all of our new and exciting projects. So Amber's case, I mean, it's heartbreaking because it's still unsolved, but fortunately, 
a really important system came out of her disappearance and it's the Amber Alert. It's something that we have all heard about. And I want to give you a little bit of background on that. So according to the Office of Justice Programs, the Amber Alert system began in 1996 when Dallas-Fort Worth broadcasters teamed up with police to develop an early warning system to help find abducted children. Now, Amber while it's also her name, it stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response, and it was created as a legacy to Amber. Yeah, this is when I kind of didn't realize it was that long, 1996, that this happened. And to think of, yes, this was a horrific tragedy, but how many kids have been saved because of this this alert system. And I know there's different protocols for different states and stuff like that. You know, Texas varies from other states. Um, but it's great to see that it not only has helped so many in Texas, but that it is now something that's done nationwide. Exactly. So other states and communities set up their own AMBER plans, and the idea was implemented across the nation. Now, according to the Department of Justice, the recommended criteria for issuing an AMBER alert, there's a few different ones. Uh, there's reasonable belief by law enforcement that an abduction has occurred. The law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. There's enough description, evidence, there's enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert to assist in the recovery of that child and the abduction of a child is aged 17 years or younger. So those are some of the basic criteria when it comes to issuing an Amber Alert. But like you said, each state is different. Yeah. And I know that we often get asked this question, why was it an Amber Alert issued or why was it issued? I know with recent cases, we've seen some being issued and then redacted. I, I know you've covered some of these missing person cases, especially of Lena. How have you seen or what have you seen law enforcement particularly do here? So something I was reading, uh, especially out of Tarrant County, where Amber disappeared, um, it was said that this is one of the most important decisions law enforcement can make because issuing an Amber Alert, if you overuse the system, it's not taken seriously. But if you fail to use a, that system when it is necessary, then that could mean life or death for a child or a young person, young teen. So it's very important when law enforcement issues these. And sometimes when they're redacted, specifically in Lena Keel's case, it was going on for so long. And they didn't want it to just be, oh, yet again, Lena Keel's Amber Alert. They want to make sure it's issued in a way that's still impactful and meaningful, that it grabs people's attention like it's supposed to supposed to do. Um, another criteria is the child's name and critical data elements, including the child abduction flag, have been entered into the National Crime Information Center. So that's just another another element. That National Crime Information Center, I'm assuming that's what gets updated where it gets kind of put on there, where it gets put off. Um, and that lives online. Those kind of, you can kind of go through there and see what Amber Alerts have been issued, when, what Amber Alerts that are still kind of ongoing. Now, since its inflammation, the Amber Alert system has helped over a thousand children, a thousand children be returned, be returned home. Now, that's a legacy that makes Donna Williams proud of her daughter. The Amber Alert, I'm very, very proud of it because it is saving, help saving our children's lives. It's helped bringing our children back to mommy and daddy. And uh, so it's, 
another legacy for my daughter, that she didn't die in vain, that she is still taking care of our little children as she did when she was here. And I am very, very proud of my daughter and for all she has done for our children here. And also, this was this was a press conference that Donna Williams and several members of Arlington PD and the original Amber Task Force participated in just a few years back. Unfortunately, the case hasn't changed so, so much since then. But uh, Amber's legacy with this Amber Alert is something that Assistant Arlington Police Chief Kevin Colby said and, and talked about as well. Amber Alert has just become a household name. You know, we get it over our iPhones today. Uh, it's just a legacy uh, that has really helped many thousands of children be recovered. It's a way that we notify immediately that we have a missing child. And it just speaks for the results that children have been saved because of Amber Alert. Now you mentioned right now that there was a press conference, this is where we're getting some of this, this sound from that you're hearing. It was about Amber's case. Now, this is still a very much open case that is unsolved from 1996. In the first year, we mentioned over 5,500 leads that were investigated, but over the years, that number has just grown and increased to over 7,000. And this press conference was held only two years ago. They mentioned there was DNA collected uh, from Amber's body. Now, we talked about the fact her body was found in a creek not very far from where she was taken from. She was naked except for one sock. Because of how she was found, a lot of that DNA was washed away from her body. Police will not say at this point what DNA was actually collected because they don't want to tip off the killer to what they know. But they say... They've kept that DNA because they knew DNA technology would advance and potentially help them find whoever did this to Amber. And that's something uh, Assistant Police Chief Colby talked about as well. And I really don't want to disclose all the evidence at this time. The reason is, is that we want to make sure that the killer knows what happened. And he knows that if we have that evidence, we can specifically ask him and it can, can identify him and corroborate his story. Technology from DNA has progressed since the 80s and the 90s. And we're very excited because we continually try to be aggressive and trying to uh, meet new technology head on with this case. And we're excited because this year there is new technology when it comes to DNA. And we're excited about this year being able to submit that and hope that we can get a better DNA profile on the killer. That's all really interestingly because we, in the past we've seen how DNA evidence with the growing technology and genetic genealogy has helped crack some of these cold cases. I don't want to call this a cold case because it is something that they are still investigating. They still get active tips on. And at last check with Arlita BD, that DNA hasn't yet been submitted because there were delays on the lab's end of things. But they are continuing to investigate new leads and calls as they come in. I think it just goes to show how much more of, of her legacy is out there because people are still interested in this case. People still want to see this case solved because her mother deserves that. Exactly. Uh, her mom said that she's never going to give up on finding Amber's killer, and she actually spoke to whoever that is directly. I miss her every day, and she's just so full of life, and I want to know why. Why her? She was only a little girl. And to Amber's killer... I'm asking you today to please turn yourself in, give Amber justice, 
Amber needs justice, deeply, deeply needs justice. And to anyone who has seen or heard anything about Amber's case, please come forward. I can only imagine as a mother what she goes through every day dealing with this and, and not knowing who did this to her daughter and as well as her brother. Her brother is still um, alive and I can't, you know, he was pretty much the last person to see her. Um, it, it's something that your heart breaks for this family because you just want them to get some resolve. And it's a family I think we can all kind of relate to. You know, it's just uh, two kids were going out on a bike ride. And unfortunately, Amber never came home. She was gone in a flash, only eight minutes it took for someone to pull up and grab her. And uh, their story has resonated with the law enforcement that they've interacted with over the year, particularly Sergeant Ben Lopez. You know, we heard from him earlier on in the podcast. He was a member of the original Amber Task Force and a former homicide detective assigned to her case for several years. He said this is deeply personal because of how much he's connected with Amber's family. This case is personal to me because I've been involved in some aspects since the day that Amber was abducted. Also, it's personal to me because during the years I've come to know Donna Williams, Amber's mother, and Ricky Hagerman, Amber's brother. So that makes it more personal to me as well. I would love to be able to give Donna and Ricky and the rest of the members of their family the answer to the question that they would like to know. And of course that is who did this to Amber and bring that person to justice. I think this is just a reminder for all of us, especially for parents, you can never be too careful. I know you want, I even think about it now, like I've sent my daughter, you know, briefly to go get something in the car and that could have been a split second right there. You don't think as a parent when it's going to happen or if it's going to ever happen to you. So I, the story always resonates with me as well. I was, you know, a child when this happened in 1996, and I'm glad to see that her legacy still lives on and that law enforcement is still trying so hard to solve this case. And with that, we want to give you some information. So there is a tip line dedicated to this case. So you can write this down now, but it'll also be on our Texas Crime Stories website on ksat.com. The number is 817-575-8832. Now, Oak Farms Dairy has agreed to provide a $10,000 reward for information leading to an arrest and conviction in this case. A case, again, I want to emphasize it is still an open case. It's still being investigated on. Now, the potential possible suspect is described as a white or Hispanic male in his 20s or 30s. That was as of 1996. So obviously, he's older now, under six feet tall, with the medium build in brown or black hair. And then the vehicle description described as a black 1980s or 1990s full-size fleet side pickup truck with a short wheelbase single cab, non-sliding clear window, no chrome, no striping, and no visible damage. And, and there was really just one person who, who witnessed all of this. And he said he saw this vehicle drive up next to Amber. This man got out, grabbed her off of her bike, and put her in the driver's side door as she kicked and screamed. And then they drove off. That's just terrifying. Like, just so quickly no hesitation like he did it for a reason and it's horrible reasoning and i i just i i hope one day that we can truly see 
Amber's true legacy live on as, as this case hopefully gets solved. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this episode of Texas Crime Stories. Don't worry, we're going to be back next week with a new episode.